and spread quickly. Disobedience and doubt just seem to spread quickly. Keep in mind Hebrews 3.19, which says, They were not able to enter into the promised land due to unbelief. Now, the ten spies would say something like this. It's just not prudent for us to try to take this land. What God considered it was doubt and disbelief and fear and cowardice. Because God had already said, you can and you will by me. Now, here's something interesting, and I pointed this out briefly in passing last week. In Numbers 13, God is mentioned two times. The first time in verse 1, the second time in verse 3. And then catch this. He is not mentioned for the rest of the chapter. I'll guarantee you problems are going to ensue when God is left out of the picture. And that's exactly what happens in Numbers 13. On the other side of the coin... In Numbers 14, God is mentioned 23 times. You talk about a big difference. He is mentioned as the Lord at least 23 times with many other pronouns referring to Him. Rebellion. They are rejecting God rejecting his promise, rejecting his word, and rejecting his leaders. That is serious. And how thorough is their rejection? It is so thorough that when Joshua and Caleb says, let's Take the land because though these men may say that we are grasshoppers to them, they say they're bread to us. God has promised that we will have this land. And I don't care how big they are, Joshua and Caleb are saying, they're bread to us. An Amalekite sandwich. A Canaanite sandwich. Because God has promised it. And you know what the people did? According to Numbers 14, 1 through 10, they took up stones to kill Joshua and Caleb and probably would have, but the glory of the Lord appears at the front of the tent, the tabernacle. And God got everybody's attention. God's got a way of doing that, especially when he's been left out of plans in the picture and he's the one who made everything possible in the first place. Now verses 11 and 12. The word to remember is what? Verdict. It is interesting that twice in this section, and Carl read the passage, God asked how long. Normally that is in Scripture concerning the faithful. Asking the question, how long is this going to keep going? For example, in Revelation 6 and verse 10, the idea is how long will suffering from God's people be going on? But here in Numbers 14, it's God himself who asked the question, how long? 
And you see from very beginning in his relation from the very beginning of his relationship with the children of Israel, when Moses is up on the mountain getting the law, the people are down on the plain making a golden calf. As I like to say, on their wedding night, they are committing adultery. But I want you to know that what they are doing in Numbers 13 and 14 with their negative thinking is no worse than what they did with their idolatry. In Exodus chapter 31 and 32, it's no worse. And God says, and by the way, he does this too. In Exodus 32, God told Moses, I'm going to wipe these people out for their idolatry. I'm going to wipe them out, but I will make of you a great nation. Remember that? It's the same thing God is saying this time. And in both Exodus 32 and in Numbers 14, Moses intercedes for God's people who, quite frankly, are acting like anything but God's people. Idolaters in Exodus 32, faithless, doubting, and blasphemous, when you reject God, when you reject, we're going to go back to, to Egypt. That's what they say in Numbers 14 at the beginning. We're going to go back to Egypt. Don't you know they would have had a warm welcome from the Egyptian people? We're so glad that you came back. We will be more than happy to make your life even more difficult than it was. But you have intercession in 13 through 19. You can learn a lot about intercession. Intercession is a type of prayer that involves going to God on behalf of someone else. It's really a great way to pray. Going to God on behalf of someone else. And what his prayer is about can really do much when it informs our praying. His prayer is about the glory of God, 14, verses 13 through 16. The glory of God. Oh God, please don't wipe these people out. Because what about your name? You're the God who has led people by the cloud, by the fire. You're the God that's guided them this far, and we don't want the enemies of God to speak of you that God could not do this. Wouldn't it be great if more prayers were concerned about God's glory and less about ours? But when you look at verses 17 through 19, this prayer is also about God's mercy. God's mercy. 
This intercession is about God's mercy. And really the passage being quoted almost verbatim is Exodus 34, verses 6 and 7. As God reveals Himself to be a God who is compassionate and forgiving, but a God who is just and righteous and will deal appropriately with sin. In intercession... It is wise to pray for God's glory and for God's mercy in the life of another. Perhaps we dare not think of anything more lest we end up like the Israelites in Numbers 13 and 14. Continue with me if you will. Judgment, verses 20 through 38. 20 through 38. In 20 through 23, you have reference made really to God's glory, to His fame, His name. And He assures Moses that I'm going to do what you prayed about. I will emphasize my glory and my mercy. But I am also going to emphasize my judgment, which is spoken of in Exodus 34. Verses 6 and 7. And when you look at this section, take a moment and just look at verse 24 with me. But my servant Jacob, he has a different spirit and has followed me fully. Ladies and gentlemen, Caleb was acting like every child of God should have acted in Numbers 13 and 14. He'd acted like God's servant. He had a different spirit, and he followed the Lord fully. That's just the opposite of what the majority had done. Follow not a multitude to do evil, Exodus 23 and verse 2. I don't care who's into hysteria and who's into this or that in the brotherhood. I care what the promises of God say and will act accordingly. That's what Caleb did and that's what Joshua did. What God goes on to say is striking in His judgment. He says that just as the twelve went into Canaan and for 40 days, 40 days, they surveyed the land. I'm going to give you one year for each of the 40 days to wander in the wilderness And because you have provoked me these ten times, the act of repeated rebellion and doubt and disobedience to the point that they're saying, we ought to just kill Joshua and Caleb. We ought to pack up and go back to Egypt with another leader. He says that this generation will die in the wilderness. This generation is going to die. 
and something that I think is really interesting. Though the children that were quite young would live to go into the promised land, they would still have to deal with the doubt and disobedience and rebellion of their parents as they spent 40 years wandering too, if they were but children at that time. Don't you tell me that your lack of trust in God will not have an effect on your family. And then verses 36 through 38, and man, this is really one to remember. I've memorized a lot of things in the Bible over the years. I'm going to tell you the truth. I've never bothered to remember the ten spies who said, we can't do what God says. And to tell you the truth, I think it would be dumb to try because they're not worth remembering. But I know this in verses 36 through 38, God dealt with those ten men. Because their lack of trust in the promises of God would cause an entire nation to rebel. And God would punish His people for 40 years. But those 10 guys are not going to be seeing much more time themselves because God sent a plague and all 10 of we can't do what God says we can, all 10 of those men die. God's got a way of making his point, doesn't he? Judgment. Now, let's look at verses 39 through 45, presumption. 39 through 45, oh, there's crying. Oh, there's whining being done by God's people when they hear God's judgment on them for the rebellion. And then all of a sudden... They come up with this bright idea presumptuously. We will go up and take the land. The land which we just said, no, we will not do it because we can't. Now that they have heard the verdict and the judgment of God, let's go take it on our own and listen to the words of Moses. Look at verses 39 through 45. They are amazing. You are transgressing the law of God. You will not succeed. Do not go up and try to do this. The Lord is not with you. You have pushed back from following the Lord, and He is not with you. You are acting presumptuously. What Moses is saying is really simple. You guys are nuts. When God wanted you to take the land, you wouldn't, and now when He says you can't and you're going to have to wander in the wilderness, all of a sudden you want to take the land. You will not succeed. God is not with you. You are transgressing God's will. 
And you know what those people do. They try to do it anyway. Now, I'm so thankful that none of us are ever like those stubborn, rebellious, obstinate, presumptuous Israelites. Aren't you glad that we're never like them? And the chapter ends with the Canaanites putting those who presumptuously tried to go and take the land to flight. Like a person is going to succeed doing now what God says you will not do. What a chapter. A lot to think about. The power of negative thinking. We are about to stand and sing our song of encouragement. It may be that there's some people that will say something like this, I don't understand how the Lord is going to save me by being baptized. I'll tell you why, because the Lord said that's what he would do. I don't see why I need to believe and repent, because the Lord said we needed to. I don't see why I need to be part of the body of Christ, because the Lord adds to his church those that are saved. How can one be right with Jesus and not part of his body? How can one be in Christ and belong to Christ, but not be in Christ and belong to Christ? And for people today who are Christians, be careful about doubting what God says. And be careful about speaking presumptuously in areas like the Israelite people did. We'll go take this. We can do it. We'll show God a thing or two. People who try to show God a thing or two are always going to end up on the short end of the stick. Your will be what? Done. Not your will be improved upon. Not your will be considered and talked about. Not your word be preached and taught but not applied. Your will be done. Let us stand and sing.